0: Kyle Charters here sitting in for Jared, not only today, but all week. You can tweet your complaints at me if you would like. Kyle Charters 79 on the uh, the Twitter X. Uh, just yell at me. That's fine. Uh, lots of people do. Uh, all right, so let's head to the uh, Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Bring in Brian Newbert of goldandblack.com. He was down in Arkansas over the weekend, had a chance to watch Purdue in the a uh, charity exhibition game, as it turns out, an overtime loss to the uh, Razorbacks. I did, Brian, like that. The Tennessee, after it beat Michigan State, uh, just tweeted out like its graphic that said uh, "didn't count." <laughs> they won the game. Like, yeah, yeah, just you know, it didn't count. Uh, this game, they did keep score. Purdue did lose.
1: Uh, does it matter? Uh, In the grand scheme of things, the outcome does not, but what Purdue takes from it does. I mean, the whole reason you do these things is to test yourself much more than you would, you know, beating the hell out of the, um, you know, the sisters of the poor, whatever team you might have scheduled for your exhibition schedule. Purdue obviously is playing – grace college here wednesday night uh i didn't want to disrespect them by using them (laughs) Um, but obviously that game will go as exhibition games typically go but you know purdue has already played in what amounted to a environment like a big 10 road game and this was you know for as much as the story about this game is it not counting and it being about the experience this you know, felt like an NCAA tournament game at times. And this is going to be exponentially more beneficial to both Purdue and Arkansas than anything else possibly could have been, whether it be one of those closed scrimmages or an exhibition game against an overmatched opponent. That um, there were fans there and there was this really difficult environment makes this just a thousand times more valuable than, you know, doing this in an empty gym somewhere. Uh, and certainly the level of competition and the level of athleticism and whatnot it was something that, you know, Purdue could not simulate with, you know, the University of Indianapolis or somebody like that.
0: A lot of teams are going to treat Purdue coming into their gym as uh, a Super Bowl of sorts, uh, you know, and, and maybe even Arkansas did that to some extent even in this charity exhibition game uh, on Saturday. I mean, Purdue has to get used to that environment, and it is. I mean, it was like that last year, uh, and when Purdue has been ranked number one the last couple of years and has won some Big Ten championships as well, uh, maybe this particular makeup of Boilermakers, uh, it's good for them uh, to be in that environment because Purdue's going to play like that
1: a lot this year. Yeah, but if Purdue's not ready for that by now, they're never going to be. I mean, you know... You know, Zach Edith and Morton Mason Gillis have been on these teams. Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer were part of this sort of situation last year. And, you know, every gym Purdue goes into, they're going to have that, you know, three, four, five number next to their name. Maybe they get back to number one. I don't know. But, um, you know, it has been different for them going into other people's places for that reason. And, again, if you're not ready for it by now, this team is largely the same as it was last season. Uh, I think it's it ought to be better than it was last season, but uh, it's that maturity, it's that mental toughness that I think is really one of the biggest uh, kind of hidden keys to this whole season because Purdue, there's always been that game in January, and it always seems to be records where <laughs> it's like, you know, Purdue's number one, and uh, they just get punched in the face, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, life comes at you fast, as they say. You know, Purdue's got to be ready for that every time they go into somebody else's gym uh, this season. And again, if they're not ready for it by now, they're never going to be.
0: 20 turnovers for the Boilermakers uh, in that game. That's too many, obviously. I mean, if Purdue could cut that in half, maybe 12, somewhere around there, it would be in in pretty good shape. It would seem that that and maybe shooting, three-point shooting are going to be the two big, things that we're going to look at all season long, right, statistically for this team?
1: Yeah, I mean, they obviously have to take great care of the basketball, much better care of the basketball than they did Arkansas. Part of that was in the way Arkansas, you know, defends as aggressive, as physical as they are, as long as they are. Uh, but part of that's on Purdue, too. I mean, I, I think they're still working some things out lineup-wise. They have some uh, some moving parts from a personnel perspective. They haven't played together a whole lot. Um, you're asking... You know, Braden Smith to walk a pretty fine line here between being an an activated scorer and you know taking good care of the basketball, making great decisions, kind of things like that. Um, But you got to keep that number down. And uh, but Purdue got defended at Arkansas. You know, unlike uh, anything they're going to be, unlike any way they're going to get defended in the Big Ten. uh, To be honest with you, and I, I think that's that's probably part of it. Part of it's on Purdue. Part of it's just it's hey, it's the first game. Yeah. Uh, everybody's going to be a little bit rough around the edges. Um, but also, you know, I, I, I think one of the more important points to make here is Purdue didn't prepare for this game like it mattered. Uh, Purdue didn't do a scouting report. Purdue didn't really prepare opponent specific wise, mm-hmm. um, you know, because this was all about Purdue. This wasn't as much about Arkansas as it was Purdue. And when you have an actual scouting report and you have actual, actual detail to follow, I think that, you know, Purdue's going to clean up some of those turnovers and Purdue's going to be better defensively than it was.
0: And Braden Smith had some of the turnovers. Uh, but, man, I, I, I like when he is aggressive. Now, some of that is going to result in, in something negative happening. But I think overall, when he is aggressive offensively and sort of forcing his will on on the opponents um, in a different way than, you know, what Zach Eadie can force his will, will on opponents uh, and force his body on opponents – uh, but when Smith does that, I, I just think it makes Purdue just a more dynamic team offensively. And while you'd like to see the turnovers not be that high, you definitely like it when he's you know trying to be aggressive on offense.
1: Yeah, and when people have to respect him coming off that high ball screen, and you know, it, when he's looking to shoot, that's going to open up a lot for Edie too. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, I think you saw in the second half after after Smith had uh, had pulled up for a couple threes and so on and so forth when, uh, there was a play where Edie's guy actually came off Edie to try to challenge Smith and Smith ended up hitting Edie for a dunk and that's the sort of thing where Purdue just needs other guys activated offensively I keep using that word for some reason but uh, if you just give opponents reasons to dedicate You know, ten percent more of of their mental energy to guarding other people other than Zach Eady, it's gonna it's it's gonna make Eady better. I I, I've said this all off season, where there are real scenarios where Eady's numbers go down, but Purdue's better because of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is kind of one of those examples where you know, Braden having to guard Braden Smith off that pick and roll stuff with Eady is really going to open up stuff for other people too. And uh, I think that's a big part of the reason why Purdue wants him looking to shoot first, pass second, while understanding that when he's looking to shoot, his basketball instincts are good enough where the passing stuff is going to come to him. That's the same approach they took with Etwan Moore, same approach they took with um, Carson Edwards to a certain extent, and it's the same approach they took to Jaden Ivey, and that's how they're kind of treating Braden Smith now. I, I, I think you're going to see him really, really uh, be a much more uh, productive player this year for that reason.
0: Talking to Brian Newbert of goldandblack.com on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, Brian, did you get any sense, I know there's been a lot talked about, you know, rotations, especially in the front court, rotations with produced depth and how you sort of manage having a dozen players who seem like they are capable of playing on game day but only 200 total minutes. Did you get any sense from watching the game you know, any, any sort of rotations or what Matt Painter is is, is still looking at? Um, you know, anything like that?
1: I don't think I did, no. Uh, you know, I, I think they played every combination of center and power forward possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the first half, uh, other than Will Berg, um, you know, I, I think they're still working things out in terms of, you know, Trey Kaufman, Ren, and Zach Eady playing together. Trey Kaufman, Ren started the game. Mason Gillis finished the game. And, you know, as any coach will tell you, it's not a matter who starts, it's a matter who finishes. Obviously, they 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 had more uh, confidence in those lineups with Mason Gillis there at the end, and uh, um, I think that's going to be a work in progress figuring out the the Coffin Rennie thing. I, I think from a defensive perspective, there are some real complications there. Um, but you know, between Cam Heidi, Miles Colvin, what. What's going on there? They started Lance Jones. Lance Jones played a lot of minutes and I think, you know, did some really positive things, but, um, it just there's going to be a lot of smoothing out that's going to have to be done here. You do have a lot of guys, um, who are talented, but you also have a lot of guys you trust. Yeah. And, uh, I think, I think Ethan Morton and Mason Gillis at this stage of their career, um, are guys that really have a lot of trust. Even if they're not as, if they don't have the same upside as you know some of the younger guys coming in behind them do, so it's going to be a situation where you know Painter's going to have to strike a balance between ability, scoring potential, and uh, you know trust and experience. And uh, ideally, you'd like to have both in the same guys. And I think in time, some of these guys you will. Um, but I think right now, this is very much going to be a work in progress, and it, it'll stay a work in progress into the first few weeks of the season, I'd imagine. You're not going to figure this out against Grace College. No. Um, and you, you aren't going to figure this out necessarily at Arkansas. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the, the run, Ethan Morton got late. He was offense, defense, subbing with Fletcher Lawyer because they were going after Fletcher Lawyer a little bit and, you know, they made playground shots over Ethan Morton too. Uh, but, um, I think there's going to be a lot of situational stuff too, like that but I also think that really, really puts to the test Purdue's ability to, one through 11, be prepared at all times and be mature and be engaged all throughout the week and kind of stuff like that. That's hard to do, but this is going to be a process.
0: Purdue will play that home exhibition game against Grace. Now, Grace is a good uh, program there at its level, solid in a IA team, but it likely will be overwhelmed by the the size and athleticism of the Boilermakers, what can Purdue learn, if anything, on Wednesday?
1: Uh, You know, I I don't want to put too much stock in any of these exhibition games. But, um, you know, it it would be good if Purdue shoots well, not just because that would mean, hey, more points. (laughs) But I think it's important for Purdue to... You know, maybe experience some success, build some confidence, stuff like that. Now, when you're number three in the country, you probably shouldn't need to be in a position where you have to worry about building confidence. But I think that is important for Purdue, yeah. uh, um, as it would be for anybody. But I think it's especially important for Purdue because uh, late last season, I think that that kind of dipped a little bit for whatever reason. Um, but I think just experiencing some success shooting the basketball. Uh, taking the right shots getting the right shots making the right shots i think would would be a good starting point for the season um i think uh figuring out these lineups is important i think that um you know just being a little bit more detailed defensively Mm uh which is to say detailed at all because as i mentioned before they didn't really prepare for arkansas like it was uh you know like an NCAA tournament game or a Big Ten game or whatever but uh and I, I can't I can't tell you whether they're doing that for Grace College or not but uh I think just being a little bit more uh just their ability to course correct a little bit more to see just to see them be a little bit more uh tight with the basketball and be a little bit better defensively uh would would suggest that they took something from Arkansas and applied it right away you yeah. know
0: Well, thank you, Brian. As always, appreciate your time. Have a good week. You too, Joe. Thanks, man. (laughs) Every time with that, huh? Every time?
1: Every damn time. All
0: right, man. We'll talk to you later. Yep, bye. That's uh, Brian Newbert, goldandblack.com, joining us on the Hammerhead Hotline. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll uh, flip over to football, talk a little bit about the Boilermakers ahead of the game against Michigan this week after the loss to Nebraska over the weekend. We'll do that coming up next this is 1017 the hammer 1017 the